wonderful to see this huge, uh, the full room. Energy, obviously, is a critical topic, and uh, we have a terrific panel. Uh, but before, uh, I will invite uh, the Minister of Energy, Mr. Skrekas, uh, to come and uh, deliver the keynote remarks to the session. Mr. Skrekas, Mr. Minister, please come, and thank you for being with us again. Always great to have you. And, uh, <laughs> So it's good to be here after eight years since the time that, since the last time that I had uh, uh, the opportunity to, to to be invited by Nikos, and it is uh, very nice to be among uh, good friends like also Minister Payat, whose uh, uh, support uh, put uh, Greece into the energy map of the Southeast Europe. If it was not Minister Payat as an ambassador at that time. Many of these very important projects that I'm going to talk about wouldn't, be, uh, wouldn't have been uh, materialized, like the IGB interconnector, the gas pipeline that connects Greece with Bulgaria, like the FSRU in Alexandropolis. I'm going to talk about this in a while. All these projects were uh, envisioned, I could say, and fully supported by uh, Minister Payat, and uh, thank you very much, Jeff, for everything you have done for Greece. So, dear friends and uh, distinguished participants, it is my great pleasure to address this landmark forum and outline how our government is actively transforming Greece into a regional hub, both for gas and green energy. So, I would like again to thank Olga and Nikos Bornozis for this uh, kind invitation. In these uh, disruptive times, we will have mobilized green investments of 50 billion euro by 2030, and are currently deploying crucial, massive infrastructure, which totally redefines the energy map in Southeast Europe and the Eastern Mediterranean. As the unprovoked Russian aggression in Ukraine is tragically still ongoing, our government, the Kyriakos Mitsotakis government, has shown outstanding leadership, both in terms of climate ambition and energy security. Remarkably, we're exporting this year 2.5 BCM of natural gas to Bulgaria and even Northern versus just 0.7 BCM a year ago in 2021, demonstrating solidarity to our neighbors. Undeniably, Greece has fostered its role as a pillar of stability in the entire region, acting as a catalyst for energy diversification and strategic autonomy. We are deepening our strategic alliances and we are driving decarbonization on a regional scale. The United States has always been a key partner and we have forged our relationships at all levels. Overall, our government is completely transforming the green energy sector, shifting to 80% renewables by 2030 versus 46% today, doubling our electricity interconnections in all directions and tripling our LNG infrastructure. We are deploying various support schemes to incentivize energy efficiency and green innovation, catalyzing storage, renewable gases, carbon capture, e-mobility, all part of a secular economy. 
Amid extraordinary global challenges, we are proud that Greece was ranked second in the world for the attractiveness of renewable investments according to a recent EY assessment published three weeks ago. We are proud that Greece was placed among the most resilient countries to crisis scenarios in the risk assessments of the European Commission. This year, we are deploying a record level of two gigawatts renewables, which is four times the annually installed capacity four years ago. Renewables capacity has already surpassed 10 gigawatts and will almost triple by 2030. We have simplified the renewable licensing significantly while introducing digital and transparent processes, aiming at reducing the average licensing time to just 14 months. We have activated financial guarantees to distinguish projects that can be materialized while setting clear and fair rules on grid connections. To achieve this green revolution, we are directing 10 billion euro to upgrade and digitize our networks while expanding our islands interconnections. To ensure grid stability and flexibility, we will deploy seven to eight gigawatts of electricity storage by 2030. We are conducting the first tenders for batteries in the first quarter of 2023, while also developing hydro pumping and untapping 2.5 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. Our ongoing energy efficiency schemes aim at three terawatt hours of energy of electricity savings. We're calibrating our hydrogen and biomethane strategies, directing two billion euros on relevant projects and schemes. These projects will create new green value chains spanning from ports and shipyards to hydrogen clusters and blockchains in local communities. Greece has also decided to expedite upstream gas explorations. ExxonMobil, together with Hellenic Energy, are providing state-of-the-art expertise in our efforts to enhance our energy autonomy. Within geopolitical turmoil, we have redefined the profile of our gas imports. The share of LNG to the local consumption, domestic consumption, has elevated to 43% with 60% coming from the United States. Let me say that during 2014, we were receiving almost zero cargoes, zero cargoes of LNG from the US. And also, I should again say, the, the, the role of uh, Minister Payat, when he was the one who managed to initiate the first two cargoes to arrive to Greece, if I remember correctly, end of 2014. LNG uploadings at Revithusa Terminal will reach 80 this year versus 39 in 2021. Furthermore, 44 slots have already been booked for 2023 and 40 slots for 2024 already, which is impressive, really. In addition, an FSU, a floating storage unit, anchored as a fourth tank at Revithusa Terminal, expanded storage capacity over the SUSA by 70% while allowing flexibility with ship-to-ship -ship services. Let me also underline some infrastructure milestones that foster regional integration. A game-changer game is the IGB gas pipeline. It's a new gas pipeline which connects Greece and uh, uh, Bulgaria 
and uh, its uh, commercial operation was inaugurated uh, last October. And this helped us to uh, increase the export potential to Hungary and even to Ukraine. This is a project really which its uh, completion is basically uh, lies among the support of uh, Minister Payat. A strategic facility, the FSRU in Alexandrupolis, also will be completed by the end of 2023, unraveling new export routes. Another FSRU, a third one, in Corinth, near Athens, is close to the financial investment decision, while three others have been licensed by the regulator. So, we expect that uh, over the next two years, the import capacity, LNG capacity of Greece will well exceed 20 BCM. A new gas pipeline, 100% hydrogen ready, with North Macedonia this time, will shortly enter its construction phase. In parallel, we have initiated the construction works of the Euro-Asian electricity interconnector, inter interconnector, linking Greece with Cyprus and Israel, and we are rapidly promoting a breakthrough 3 gigawatt green and electricity interconnection with Egypt. Redefining the energy map, we have proposed a direct electricity interconnection between Greece, Austria, and Germany in order to be able to export then green energy, green electricity produced in Greece or imported to Greece from Egypt. Among uh, rapidly expanding electricity interconnections, the first project is going to be completed within the Q1 of 2023 and has to do with a new electricity interconnection with Bulgaria, which doubles the electricity interconnection between the two countries, Greece and Bulgaria. So to conclude, our government has enhanced investor visibility at all levels, while boosting an inclusive green transition across all regions from remote uh, islands to coal areas. Public and private partnerships are a catalyst for this transformation. This is clearly demonstrated on our islands, which are being transformed into world-class innovation labs. I'm glad that the strong investment momentum has been registered by the United States and companies in Greece across green sectors from renewables and carbon capture to data centers and smart energy systems. As you may also know, Greece has also demonstrated a pivotal role in driving energy market reforms at the European level. The windfalls tax mechanism designed and implemented in Greece since last July inspired the European regulation which was adopted two months later for the capturing of the windfall profits of the electricity producers. All this money are coming back, are being returned to the consumers, especially to households via the electricity bills. Europe needs to a new vision for energy grounded on reality and affordability, on alliances and new tools, including possibilities within the European platform for common gas and LNG purchases. So, ladies and gentlemen, this turbulent year demonstrated more than ever that the green transition is our only option. Our common path to mitigate extraordinary global challenges like the climate crisis, the skyrocketing energy prices, destabilizing geopolitics. 
as Abraham Lincoln said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. I'm sure that together we will shape these creative solutions to safeguard a stable and sustainable future for our nations and for future generations. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I would like to thank the organizers of this fantastic conference, namely Nico and Olga, for their kind invitation. There's nothing more topical than discussing these days about energy. Following the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, the case for a rapid energy transition has never been stronger and clearer. The two emerging challenges Challenge number one, we need to address the emergency by uh, mitigating the prices and prepare for this winter by ensuring sufficient gas supply. Challenge number two, we need to proceed with a repower EU plan by diversifying gas supplies and by reducing faster our dependence on fossil fuels at the level of homes, buildings, and industry. Are these challenges conflicting? Are they mutually exclusive? At what price can we tackle them? Is the financial community ready to provide funding solutions? We'll be discussing these things as well as many others with this brilliant panel of experts. No need to say much because I believe you know them all very well. Andreas Yamisis, CEO of Hellenic Energy, Joe Stasis, CEO Public Power Corporation, Dimitri Kofitsas, Executive Director Goldman Sachs, and last but not least, PJ Desens, Managing Director Nomura. Andrea, floor is yours. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much, um, John. I, I think you can hear me. Well, as you rightly said, energy is um, under the spotlight over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, maybe not for the reasons we wanted, but uh, we are at the spotlight. And um, we've had the minister and, um, uh, and His Excellency Mr. Payat to sort of refer to a number of initiatives and a, num a number of challenges. Let me try and address these um, uh, challenges through the um, uh, focal lens of, of our own company and our own transition um, and, and try and simplify things uh, in a way that they are easily uh, understood and um, just to give you our perspective of how we see things progressing. First of all, um, we do have... Um, uh, a lot of uh, macro changes um, around us. We have uh, the climate crisis which has been with us for a number of years. We have forgotten a little bit about it over the last year or so because of uh, um, the invasion in, in Ukraine and a lot of other things, but it's, it's, it's there uh, and, and that has given uh, rise to a lot of mega trends, the electrification mega trend, the 
digitalization, the decarbonization, all of these things are, are happening. Now, a lot of people tend to forget that when you refer to energy, it's not just about power generation. It's, it's, uh, it's about a lot of other things, and mostly it's about hydrocarbons, which are still 50 to 60% of the energy value chain um, on an international basis. So uh, more than one uh, every two sort of energy uh, sources is actually coming from hydrocarbons. So the way we deal with this is, is important for this whole energy transition. Um, seeing these changes, we went, for, we went through a transformational plan for our group. We called it uh, Vision 2025, which is effectively where we want to be um, uh, by 2025. And this tries to address um, a number of, of issues, but always having this trilemma in front of us. And that trilemma is very often ignored uh, until one of the three angles comes back to bite us. Now, it's been about ESG, it's been about climate uh, crisis for the last 20 years. People forgot about the cost of energy and people forgot about the security of energy supply. And I, I have to give credit to, uh, to Jeffrey for, for his persistence over the last 10 years, um, uh, six years in Greece as an ambassador, for actually escalating the issue of energy supply uh, on the agenda. So managing this trilemma doesn't mean that we ignore the climate crisis, but we have to do it in a balanced way. So as a group, we embarked on a change where we said we will do certain things um, uh, different. So for example, we've set the uh, CO2 emissions as, um, as a key theme of our strategy and we have committed to improve our footprint by 50% by 2030, which is an aggressive target. And also we've changed the way we plan and allocate capital for our business. Uh, and simplifying things, we've split our business into mainly three pillars. We have the traditional uh, oil based business uh, in, in refining and the challenge there is for us to make it part of the solution for this transitional period of the next 10, 20 years uh, by improving the, the, the carbon footprint. The second has to do with renewables. We're not a traditional renewables player but over the last uh, uh, couple of years we have been one of the fastest growing in this um, uh, segment. and. Um, Sitting somewhere in the middle, we have the energy security part, which is uh, our um, initiatives in the exploration for hydrocarbons in Greece. Now, that's the what. On the how, we've moved to change the governance model of the, of the company, which is very important because if you want to achieve certain things, you have to have the right governance. The organizational model, because you need to attract funding. And uh, more importantly, the syndication part because there are a lot of stakeholders in this journey and you need to get everybody on, on board. Um, I'm very happy to, to say that this transformational journey for the group has been approved almost unanimously by the shareholders, by the bondholders, by financial capital markets and by the employees themselves. So trying to move in the right direction but also making it doable and 
putting all the resources behind it is a challenge that we all have to face. Very interesting remark, Andreas. You know, one question that comes to mind almost immediately, how are you to tackle the issue of the Russian supplies? It, it is an important part uh, of, um, of, of our business, and it is a, a very political decision. Um, in terms of facts, we have faced a number of similar crises in the past. Um, most of you recall that, um, I mean, first of all, we, we get crude from a number of different sources. Um, it's one of the big advantages of having coastal refineries, which are very, very good at receiving uh, imports from a lot of countries. We're not landlocked, and we don't get crude from one pipeline like refineries in Hungary uh, who, who get it from uh, the Druzhba pipeline, which is the friendship pipeline, so to speak. Um, so we face the uh, changes on the Iranian slate, uh, on the Libyan slate, on the Iraqi slate. So w we know how to manage our crude feedstock. So the, the disengagement from Russian crude involved two things. First of all, the will, and in February we took the decision to stop buying uh, Russian crudes and Russian feedstock, and we replaced it with um, uh, other types of feedstock, mainly from Saudi Arabia. And two, it's the ability to do it. And within a matter of weeks, we were able to change, other cost, of course, but we were able to change and, and effectively replace all crude supply. Nat gas is a different thing, um, but even there, Greece has, has progressed much faster and much more aggressive than um, the rest of Europe. I have another good one for you, uh, Andreas, but I will leave it, you know, for the last round. Let me pass on the torch to George right now. George, take us through your perception of the current, you know, energy landscape in Greece, please. Yeah. Uh, so, dear host, dear guests, uh, congratulations for this event and thank you very much for having me here today, giving me the chance to speak about PPC and uh, its prospects. PPC is the leading integrated utility in Greece listed in the Athens Stock Exchange with uh, around 11 gigawatt of generation capacity, owner of the sole electricity distribution network with a regulated asset base of about 3 billion euros, supplying electricity to 5.7 million customers. In 2020 and 2021, we generated a recurring EBITDA of around 900 million, and in 2022, we expect it to be in the same level, showing the company's resilience despite the underlying high commodity prices in the ongoing energy crisis. Globally, the energy landscape is experiencing radical changes with decarbonization and shift to green energy being underway and growing digitalization and new opportunities arising from electrification. In this so-called energy transition, PPC is undertaking a transformation which started back in 2019 towards becoming a financially and environmentally sustainable modern digital utility with ambitious targets that we have uh, consistently revised upwards as we progress through the implementation of our plan. The new PPC we envisage and we are shaping is moving away from the dependence of fossil fuel and is transitioning to green energy with enhanced 
efficiency, a strengthened balance sheet, increased profitability, and a customer-centric approach. The last two years have been full of milestones with major developments in all of PPC's activities. We re-entered the debt capital markets for the first time since 2014 with the issuance of the first ever high-yield sustainability-linked bond in Europe, proceeding also to a second issue with a longer tenor. We sold 49% of our participation in Hevno, our distribution su subsidiary to Macquarie, a leading infrastructure investor at a record high valuation and enterprise value of 4.3 billion at a 51% premium to RAB and equity value of around 1.3 billion. This is a collaboration that provides our largest subsidiary with the resources to develop an extensive program of modernization and digitalization of its network and offer higher quality services to its, to its clients. We also launched a share capital increase of 1.35 billion euro, which was oversubscribed and proved a strong level of investor interest in supporting our vision. Moreover, we pursue our key strategic goals and implement our green transition with a focus on our renewable pipeline where we target to have 9.5 gigawatt of installed capacity by 2026. This will be further reinforced through establishing collaboration partnership with third parties as well as M&A activity. In addition, within this environment, PPC is also well positioned to explore a highly selective and disciplined expansion into adjacent markets in Southeastern Europe to capture regional growth opportunities. Concurrently, we remain committed to our decarbonization targets to decommission all our lignite power plants and coal mines. This is despite any short-term increases of lignite fire generation that will be needed to address the ongoing energy crisis. We may delay a bit, but we do not derail from our plan. As all European utilities and all European countries, we have been faced with unprecedented high commodity prices. We have been able to address this primarily due to our vertical integrated position given our presence both in the generation and the retail businesses. In any way, in terms of gas supply, Greece is in a better position than many other European countries given its lower exposure to Russian gas and its FSRU terminals. Finally, we launched our e-mobility business with a dedicated brand, helping the decarbonization of our overall economy and we intend to create a nationwide FTTH platform utilizing our electricity distribution network. All in all, PPC is successfully implementing its strategy. Even though 2022 has been dominated by the energy crisis, we keep showing resilience in our performance, supporting at the same time our customers and key stakeholders. The implementation of our business plan will lead PPC and the country to a sustainable energy model without the need to rely on fossil fuels and imported higher energy prices with a benefit for the environment, the country, and our shareholders. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, George. Talking about Russian gas, I'm wondering, given the Ukrainian war, do you believe that generally, you know, energy transition is still on track? Well, definitely the, the Ukraine invasion of Russia uh, is a setback on the short term, however. Uh, you get to see European countries uh, firing, again, coal assets uh, for energy security of supply. And uh, we did the same in Greece. But 
let us not be confused. Uh, this incident is in reality accelerating very much the transition. Uh, take the example in Greece, for instance, uh, the renewables permitting. We saw our projects being permitted within this year in an incredible manner. We have today uh, 4,000 4, megawatt out of our 5,000 megawatt, which is our goal, fully permitted. And this happened within this year because people realize the importance of the energy security of renewables. And the government supported this uh, and is supporting this transition very much. But not only like that. I mean, if you look at the industries, the industrial sector in Europe, all over the world, every industrial sector is trying to make his industry more green. They are looking for green PPAs, which was not the case last year, in a much more, in a bigger pace. E-mobility, the e-vehicles, are becoming more and more part of our life. So I think the transition is happening as, as, as we speak, and is happening in a bigger pace. And maybe the Ukraine situation is a short-term, I would say, setback but in the medium to long term will accelerate the development of the transition very much. Thank you, thank you. I'll come back again in our last round, but we need to hear now the voice of uh, the finance industry. That's important. Dimitri, please take us through your vision. You know. Thank you, John. So uh, I'll cover uh, on, on this part a few of the key themes that we hear basically from investors who are very focused on the broad energy landscape in the, in the European utilities. I think number one that every boardroom is discussing and every single investor is focused on is basically balanced protection, which means balancing capacity, leverage, and liquidity. We've seen a rising cost of debt, uh, capex inflation, and also companies suffering from margin calls from hedging, basically, uh, strategies. And this has put an enormous pressure, you know, to balance it. So what we've seen in some countries like Spain, for example, we see companies were putting more capex in renewables and, and networks. In other countries like Italy, we, we, we saw utilities announcing major disposals. So uh, potentially, we may see um, uh, renewable growth acceleration over the next few years. However, the policy that is you know, coming in the European Union and the US, potentially the long-term trend will, will remain. Also, traditional strategies like you know, uh, farm-down strategies where a developer will sell a minority stake very close to the operation of the project and then be able to raise capital to fund renewable growth, we expect this to be more challenging given cost of debt is rising and IRRs basically are dropping. Um, so I think these are the, the key elements where um, every I think, participant in the sector is, is very focused on. And uh, the second point I would say is in this crisis, we see the value of the integrated model, as George and Andrea mentioned, being actually set to benefit. Uh, for example, we see companies where have in the utility space networks, generation assets across different technologies and supply to benefit versus companies who have basically very heavy on supply. Or in, in the refining industry where you have renewables, petrochemicals, complementing the traditional business, this basic integration model which reduces risk would be, I think, highly valued in the capital markets. Um, and, and, and finally, obviously, uh, top of the mind is regulatory intervention. We've seen that the European Union has basically uh, is intervening across every energy sector, and this is also, I think, a major risk that investors will have difficulty in pricing over the next few years. So I think that key, key, key topics for, for us is paramount, balanced protection, integration model, 
and uh, regulated innovation are three topics based. I think we'll, people will focus on the next few years. Thank you very much, Dimitri. Having heard that and taking into consideration your vast experience, how can the Greek companies, what do you believe, how can the Greek mm -hmm. companies position themselves to attract yeah. foreign investors? Look, I, I think in, in, in the energy sector, um, there, there are three main components. Number one, I think the Greek companies still offer a growth premium, growth spread compared to Western Europe. Because of the crisis that we have been in the last 10 years, um, there has been a lot of underinvestment in key sectors like power generation, renewables, and all these capex which needs to be invested in the country will give actually growth spread versus core peers compared, for example, to another country. So I think investors looking for growth, investing in Greece, and actually the companies can offer it. Number two, I think most of the companies in the sector, given you know, the deleveraging process they've been through the past few years and the cost cutting and the balanced basically risk management are very well protected from, you know, from um, you know, rising rates, inflation capex or margin calls. So I think people need to obviously do the work and understand every company how they are, you know, how they are approaching risk management. I think in the majority of sectors, renewables, power generation, utilities, refineries, most of the companies in Greece are very well positioned with regards to balance sheet, capacity, liquidity and leverage. So I think that that's paramount. Uh, and lastly, I think, look, Greece still benefits from low cost of financing. This is also an, impor an important element, right? We have, you know, major banks supporting in the major companies. They have developed fantastic expertise in analyzing project finance projects. And, and I think, you know, uh, you know if, if you see the major, you know, uh, indes indices, for example, ITRAX crossover, you know, from two, two and a half uh, percent of you know of um, uh, of, of cost has, has gone to six percent. However, the spreads in Greece re remain low. Um, at the same time, we haven't seen yet, and I think this is one of the you know things that you know we'd like to see in the next few years. We haven't seen tradition. We've seen infrastructure investors, private equity funds, invest in the country. We've seen you know Macquarie buying you know the foreign percent from PPC in, in, in the Greek DSO. We've seen Regeborg increase the stake in the Lactor. We've seen uh, motor oil buying Anemos. We've seen basically Italgas buying, you know, their infrastructure. So we've seen the interest on the infra equity, private equity space, but we haven't seen yet international conventional banks, German, French, Italian, being more active on the debt space. And I, I think we'll need that because the capex needs are so, so big in the next few years to fund renewable growth and networks. We need to actually diversify also and attract more foreign capital on the debt, on the debt side. Very interesting. And now we pass on the torch to PJ. PJ is a sustainability finance expert. And uh, please give us your flavor, PJ. Yeah, happy to. Um, it's three things by way of introduction. Uh, first, a confession. I'm one of the poor enlightened souls who's not yet been to Greece, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to my first trip. Um, as you can tell by my surname, I'm also not Greek. <laughs> um, so I feel a bit of a, a guest on the panel here. But uh, I guess in the last point, um, I, I represent Nomura, which is a Japan-headquartered uh, global investment bank, um, which acquired my company, which is uh, Green Tech Capital Advisors, about three years ago to form a coverage unit called Nomura Green Tech. Uh, we're currently uh, the largest uh, sector coverage group looking at the energy transition and sustainability transition globally. 
with about 170 people uh, across Asia, the Americas, and Europe. So uh, thinking about the, the energy transition in Greece from the perspective of, uh, of a finance seat is actually really an exciting topic right now. Um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, it was notable about two months ago, and the, the gentleman on the panel here may correct me, but um, for a, a period uh, at the beginning of October, the entire Greek electricity system ran on renewable energy. And, that, and that's a pretty uh, unique distinction. There's not a lot of uh, energy systems of this scale in the world that have uh, achieved that milestone to date. Um, that's, a, that's a pretty notable level of, um, of proving out the ability of a resource w within a, a region um, for, for potential future growth. Um, in, in addition to that, um, it's, it's notable how much foreign investment and, and, and global investment has come into the, the Greek energy system to date. Um, it was mentioned the investment by Macquarie into, um, into the utility system. Um, there's also been a number of both large energy companies internationally like EDF, um, BP, RWE that have invested uh, into the Greek energy system, as well as other leading private investors like Macquarie, um, the Assistant Secretary mentioned um, 547, which is part of Quantum Energy, a large energy investor in the United States, um, and also a number of others. Uh, you know, a lot of this investment, in addition to the, uh, the, the both policy and uh, technology leadership in the country, ha has put Greece in a pretty unique position uh, in terms of uh, renewable energy and, and, and sustainable energy development, where today uh, Greece is actually more um, electricity, renewable electricity installed per capita than the United States. I mean, it's a pretty advanced system. And so it sits at this um, uh, very attractive midpoint, kind of a, a Goldilocks point of uh, having advanced significantly to this point, um, showing international investors that this is a strong market uh, for, for the future, and also at a place where the, the system has, uh, is not so reliant on, on imports of energy, especially uh, Russian gas has been, has been mentioned today, where it's only about a, a third of the gas imports uh, historically. Uh, sectors like the building sector and the, the commercial sector aren't so reliant on, um, on foreign fuels for, um, for, for, for energy that the, the path from where, where Greece is today to where it can be uh, in the very near future as laid out by some of the um, objectives over the next five and ten years um, is actually fairly achievable and supportable. So thinking about um, the perspective of the capital markets um, and both that uh, systematic, the structural and policy certainty, um, as well as the proven nature of the, the energy system as a place to invest um, to achieve the kind of uh, attractive risk-adjusted returns that the capital markets see um, is really quite exciting. Um, you know, what I note into in addition is when you have an energy system that's sitting at this kind of Goldilocks level uh, of penetration of low carbon energy, you know, the next things you're going to do are, are going to be in a, a leadership capacity. So some of these things uh, build off of some of the comments that were already made in terms of connectivity to other countries and other neighboring countries. So the ability to be an exporter of electricity by grid connections. Um, the ability to be a, a, an exporter of fuels, uh, things like e-fuels and, and, uh, and green hydrogen are going to be areas where Greece has a very uh, early opportunity 
to both lead and attract investments into systems that will be um, demonstrators and, and uh, representative types of infrastructure investment for other countries, not just in Europe, but, uh, but in the rest of the world. Um, so those things are, are, are aspects of, of what we look at when we see uh, the next uh, five to ten years of growth in the energy systems of Greece as a very uh, attractive uh, place for uh, the capital markets and also something that, that needs to be carefully studied by uh, investment bankers and, and by industry as reflective of, of where the world is going. Um, you know, one thing I just say as an additional remark of um, as energy systems like Greece's uh, transition to not being dependent on imported fossil fuels but generating uh, energy from, from solar and wind domestically, thinking about how that energy um, at times during the day actually isn't needed to power businesses or, or homes and, and that, that the cost of that energy drops. Um, that's actually a good thing, not just for the cost of, of business and economic productivity, but the, that lower cost electricity can be converted into, into export product like fuels. Um, you know, those kinds of, um, those kinds of opportunities uh, are, are the types of things that uh, investment in energy today is really looking for um, not just in terms of new technology for things like hydrogen electrolyzers, um, but also the uh, the broader energy ecosystem that attaches to that. Things like um, developing these fuels for areas like maritime transport, where uh, Greece has been historically a leader and is one of the global leaders in. Um, maritime systems, energy systems on, on large ocean-going transport, um, and we're, we're thinking very actively uh, about where there are investments in that leg of the energy industry. Um, so you perhaps when we have this panel in a couple of years, we'll have somebody from the, the shipping sector sitting with us talking about how you know, e-methanol or, or uh, green ammonia is being used and, and thought of as, as bunkering fuel or export product um, or regional hub uh, basis for um, energy systems uh, around the energy economy of Greece. So, so it's a very exciting um, area for us. It's something that we're, we're thinking quite a bit about um, and, uh, and a place where you know, we see the Greek economy uh, demonstrating a, a leadership role over the next five to ten years in Europe. Thank you very much, PJ. I'll ask you the same question. What do international financiers expect to fund you know, energy projects in Greece, sustainability projects and energy projects in general? Yeah, I, I think a range of things, and I mentioned some of them. I mean, everything from, you know, we, we think of uh, wind and solar now as being kind of traditional and maybe, maybe boring, but there's certainly growth there um, from a move of around 10 gigawatts of installed capacity today to towards uh, 25, almost uh, uh, a one and a half times increase in the current installed capacity. And when we say a gigawatt, it's, I don't know how many people in here kind of live and breathe the energy industry, but, but think around about a billion and a half euros of investment. So, you know, we're, we're thinking about the order of 25 billion euros of investment just in electricity production um, in Greece over the next five to ten years. So that's definitely interesting. Um, you know, what I'd note, uh, 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 Dimitri talked a bit about um, levels of, of cost of capital. We've actually seen a, a fairly stable um, return on equity requirement for um, renewable energy, even as global interest rates have increased and we've seen volatility come into a number of the capital markets. So that, you know, as we're looking at um, projects in Greece, I think Greece is uh, in line with the, the rest of the world where investors are still um, happy to get 
um, a relatively tighter spread uh, against uh, global base rates for investing in, in energy infrastructure, renewable energy infrastructure in Greece. And then I'd say from there, um, the, uh, a broad range uh, of different types of projects, including the potential for hydrogen generation, um, the, the potential for battery energy storage, um, and also the potential for some things that, that sit alongside of uh, traditional energy infrastructure, things like virtual power plants. So this is where you're investing in um, software and data systems to be able to very closely monitor and measure weather and productivity out of um, intermittent resources like wind and solar and harness those resources in coordination with assets like batteries and, and e-fuels productions to get um, higher level uh, of returns and, and activity out of those. And that's a very active area of investment in, in many of the larger energy systems like Germany and Europe. And I think that's a really interesting opportunity uh, in Greece as well uh, in the next couple of years. Thank you very much, PG. Coming back to you, Andrea, um, um, you mentioned something about exploration activities for oil and gas, and I'm pretty much curious. I mean, how can you combine clean energy with the exploration activities, your traditional you know, exploration activities in the oil and gas sector? Yeah. Well, actually, it's a, it's a, it's a very good question, and um, it, it does get a bit complex um, to come there, but I need to emphasize two concepts that I refer to. The first one is the energy trilemma, security, climate, affordability, and I'll come back to that. And the second, which we need to remember, is transition. We are in an energy transition framework, which means that there is no magic wand. You cannot just say, boom, let's go to renewables, and tomorrow we all drive electric vehicles, we all fly electric planes, and um, we don't need fossil fuel. We cannot do that. So it's okay maybe for marginal players when they start and they want to be uh, half a percent of a market to invest in renewables. So if you start with a clean sheet of paper and you're a marginal player, you have all the options in the world. But if you are a company like ours, and I believe um, uh, George might uh, actually have the same feeling, if you are 50 to 60% of a local market and the market depends on you to supply energy, you don't have the luxury of saying, I'm switching off the refineries or the lignite plants and I'm only gonna deal with um, wind and, 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 and the sun. You cannot just do that. Uh, especially if you have a few billion dollars of invested capital behind you, that's another issue that we need to, to tackle. So. I think what we need to bear in mind is that we are in a transition process, which might be anything between 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Your guess is probably as good as mine. Um, I would probably put it towards the 20-year horizon rather than the 5-year horizon. And in that process, we will need hydrocarbons. Now, if Greece has hydrocarbons potential, I think it's, it's important for us to run the cycle as quickly as possible, and that's why we are accelerating focused exploration works offshore. We've abandoned all onshore exploration works. We've returned it to the, to the state. And if we are able to find hydrocarbons, gas preferably, or even oil, then it is an option to replace some of the imports on a financial basis, not on a molecule for molecule basis. And 
provide some additional stability to the energy system in Greece and maybe for the European uh, system overall. There is no question in my mind we will transition to a cleaner energy, but we need to keep the lights on until we get there. Thank you so much, Andrea. George, given the unprecedented crisis, do you feel confident that you will implement your business plan that you discussed about earlier? Well, we have given our guidance for, for this year, which is in line with our plan initially, um, and uh, this will probably be for next year in a better way as well. Um, and this is because primarily of our vertical integrated position. So we are able and we are proving we are able to navigate this energy crisis in, in, in a good way. But um, looking on the medium to longer term uh, targets, uh, which is what is even more important, a year ago we did a share capital increase on the basis of our de decarbonization uh, story. Uh, because indeed what we do at the end of the day is we are decarbonizing this utility. And um, if, if you look at our execution risk profile of our plan a year ago and today, we wanted and we promised we will do something like 5,000 more uh, megawatt of renewables. And at that time, we had not more than 500 megawatt, 800 megawatt of fully permitted work and projects. Today, we are standing on the target of 5,000 megawatt and we have more than 4,000. Four-fifths of this target is fully permitted and developed in places where we own the land and we own the, the interconnection. So uh, today we, are, we have a by far lower execution risk in meeting our business plan versus a year ago. So we, we feel very, very optimistic and confident in, in bringing in, in, in place our, our plan. George, that was all clear very quickly. Dimitri, you mentioned that international investors find currently some attraction in Greece, but what is exactly that international investors find currently, you know, attractive in the Greek market? Yeah, I would, I would say three things. I think, as I mentioned before, number one, I think uh, Greece remains a country where the growth potential is higher than actually the rest of Europe. We in the country will, you know, grow maybe two, two times than the you know, average European uh, country. So that's, mm -hmm. that's number one, right? Number two, Greece is a core European country, you know, in, you know, and the assets are based in hard currency, so there is, you know, and after a number of years of, you know, Greek corporates playing defense, um, now there are, you know, most of them have a lot of ambitious plans to grow and deliver very ambitious, basically, business plans. I think they're very excited about, you know, the future. Um, and lastly, I, th I think capital is available, right? I mean, um, you know, the question is about the opportunities that exist and, um, uh, you know, buyers and sellers base to find the right balance between predicting a very uncertain future. Thanks a lot, Dimitri. PJ, one very last question. I think that you have no more than 20 seconds. I mean, what does it mean for Greece that market is sensitive under the circumstances? That the market is what? I'm sorry? That market is sensitive under the circumstances, the current circumstances. Um, I, I see it as an opportunity for Greece. As I, I mentioned, I think the future has a, a lot of certainty. We have near-term uncertainty, but these are investments that are being made in, in energy resources for, for decades. So I, I think it's quite a positive thing. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, ten seconds, concluding remarks. Just ten seconds, I kept some notes. My take, my personal take from today's discussion is that we must keep energy affordable. 
without disrupting the supply and that we need to further the investment in the green transition. Thank you all very much and hope to see you again next year here in New York. Take care. Bye.